Good morning, everybody. I don't know. It may not be even morning when you're listening, right? It could be anything. It's, it's cloudy morning. and rainy here. It's morning for how us. B- how about hi? Hi. <laughs> Hello. 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 But we're not talking about hell today. There's no hell talk today. It's maybe. It's maybe. You think, Misty? <laughs> I don't know. It's in the Bible. We'll see what happens. So welcome to Under <laughs> the Water. Uh, under the Water Tower. We're talking about the Bible today. All about the Bible. So, which B-I-B-L-E. I know. Could we have called it anything different? We wouldn't have had that catchy song. Yeah. Ooh. Or the people who like to use the acronym basic instructions before leaving Earth. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I do not like that. But there was a song in the basic. 90s. There's nothing basic in here. About that. <laughs> I have read but the I Bible digress. through many, many times and never have I closed it and thought to myself, well, that's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or basic. It. That was basic. That's pretty simple. Yeah. No. So here we are, we're recording in the in the uh, conference room, and who do we have with us? I'm Jamie. I'm Daryl. Misty. And I'm Joni. Welcome to our podcast. So Joni did a good job. We forced her to actually start <laughs> with you. And she did well. She did really yeah, I didn't really know she was going to do it. She just took off and yeah. went she 90 did. miles an hour. Good job, Joni. She did. So, so Showed us. The mm-hmm. topic today is scripture or the Bible. And uh, what is the Bible? Let's just, the definitions, I have found that definitions really help. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you, theologian, a question. What's the difference between... I'm not a theologian, I'm a saying, pastor. <laughs> ...saying the word Bible, where do we get the word Bible as opposed to the word Scripture? How are those two words different and the same? One of these things is not like <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the word, I can talk about word origins. Bible is from Biblios, which just means book. Where's the library? Muy bien. So when I'm in Mexico, that's basically all I can do. <laughs> they will say, that's a, that's a guy who loves him some books. <laughs> and you hope really they have a bathroom he because looks like baño he, is what I will really be needing. <laughs> okay, let's just learn it. Donde esta la baña? Okay, I can do that. Uh, 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 it just as Kim and I learn traveling abroad, if you just squat like the little, <laughs> they <Yeah>. know <laughs> what that do the international sign for. Do I the little go pee-pee dance like the kids do. Like, do you need to go potty? Do All potty right. Dance. So back on back on, <laughs> back to Bible. Well, back to the thing. One of my favorite little proverbs I learned in college was. Um, a Greek proverb, mega kakon esti mega biblion, which a, a, a no 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 <laughs> a big book is a big bad thing. Mm. Kakon oh. means bad, which is the root word for kaka. Uh, so um, today's so key, key. podcast is rated PG. Um, actually, this is G. <laughs> all little children love yeah. all things scatological. Yes, they do. Uh, if you hang around a four-year-old long enough, mm. it's not long before you'll be called yes. a poo-poo head. <laughs> It's yeah. just invariably. Especially. I don't know how many times on a Sunday or a Wednesday we, we're not going to talk like that. Okay, let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> and like, but they really oh. want to talk she's about that. Talking about Greg before <laughs> she gets to church. Um, Sometimes, but that's biblios just means book, and so the Bible is the book. Right. Uh, scripture is uh, a script uh, from Latin, which just means that's been written down. Written. So prescription mm-hmm. has the same. Um, let's see. S- other words with script in it, or just script itself. What what script are you using? It's the same idea. Scripture that was so in and of themselves. Those two words are not necessarily holy words. No, what but we would put the word holy in front of it. Holy Bible. So this is the holy book. Mm-hmm. 
holy scripture. But you have other kinds of scripture. The Quran is scripture. Mm-hmm. It's just Islam scripture. Uh, and for the record, they're much more touchy about it than we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, but well, like once a year, you'll see someone will burn a Quran or something, and they'll put a death wish on him or mm. um, wow. something like that. You don't mess with it because one of their belief systems is, and this is this may be a good launching point for us to get into. Uh, in Islam, they teach that the Quran was actually, it's the finger of God has put mm-hmm. this down. And so to to do anything to it is, is a desecration against that which God has actually physically done. In fact, I believe that's one of the reasons why they're hesitant to even put it in other languages. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think if I had one particular point that I would want to throw just out one? There, Just I, one? If I just had one today, I think it would be that in relation to the Bible, <clears throat> I think there are people who are more protective of the physical book itself than what's in it. It's like, you know, you can't do that. Like you're talking about with the Quran, like it's, it's, it's my holy Bible, this special thing that sits on a shelf and collects dust, but there's no impact on their life as far as the scripture mm-hmm. and the words and mm-hmm. stuff. So that's, yeah. I would even take that one step further and say there are so many people that are so tied to the Bible, but they don't, they're not tied to prayer. Like, I just remember thinking growing up, like, as long as I know what's in the Bible, I'm fine. But then that doesn't give you a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, then what about the guy from camp last year? His little comment. I I tried to block most of that (laughs) out. (laughs) He stood up there and preached some things that we didn't quite agree with per se but what he would do is he would preface it by saying this is not me this is god's word and so he would he would basically say i'm telling you what god says i'm like no you're telling me your interpretation of what god says it's in the bible like i believe it i believe the bible that settles it but i don't think that always settles And that's a straw that's a straw man though because what and I've heard that argument a lot. It makes me angry. Uh, that says, this is what the Bible says. Therefore, if you disagree with me, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing you with the God. Bible. Yeah. Right. And so you're disagreeing with God, which mm-hmm. I go back to where you're at. One of the big issues is, I think we talked about before in here, is the women in ministry. Mm-hmm. There are people who will say, well, this is the, what the Bible says, and so we're going to do this. Well, actually, you know, let's let's back that horse up. I don't think you're actually rightly handling the word of truth mm-hmm. <laughs> on this one um so or abusive parents and they say well the word of god says you should obey your parents yeah and the word of god says a lot to the parents too you know the father's they have a, parents do not provoke right. your children they to have anger. a part too to you lust to poke your eyes out i mean when are we going to take it i mean now we're just, my brain's all over the place well, we're I switching to literal versus figurative or metaphorical mm-hmm. i know? think there's a balance in treating your bible with respect you know you don't throw your bible on the ground you don't tear the pages you don't just leave it in your dashboard for the sun to beat it up you know, but then again, you don't hold Oops. it so, <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> Jared, my son. You you don't hold it so valuable that you don't um, read it and look through it and flip through its pages and highlight and mark in it and use it. You know, a used Bible. There's there's nothing um, more. I don't want to say sacred, but when you see a Bible that's been used, it doesn't look brand new. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's got the the binding maybe torn and and uh, come undone and the pages may be you know ripped it in places and wrinkled up and teardrops you know pages my old bible it's got pages that are crumbled and dried up because i've cried over them and 
you know, so I think there's a balance as to showing it respect and also allowing God's word to be alive and transformative. Lo- right. Go ahead. I was just going to say, side note, I lost my favorite Bible from high school that was given to me. Had it for years, had a lot of stuff in it, and part of the pages were um, red because I had packed it with something and NyQuil had spilled on it and stained the pages. <laughs> so I had like these NyQuil stained pages. Not tear stained, but NyQuil. Well, close. Close <laughs> enough. <laughs> the sleepy words are red. Mi- mi- Misty wins the spiritual <laughs> word. Yes, she does. She cries over her Bible. You drug yours. Well, it was at a hard time in my life, and so I can... I can relate to how important these words are and these promises that this book, this holy book holds. And that's where I want to go. Well, there's several words, but your Bible, the Bible is useless if you don't use it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things. It's not a, it's, it's not a book of magic spells and incantations mm-hmm. that you can just open up mm-hmm. and find the right verse, use your concordance, find the right verse that'll make everything fine or solve all your problems. It is the, it is the sum total of the work that seeps into your soul, like like water seeps in through the bedrock into the, the water table. That's the way the Word of God gets into us, and it happens over a period of time and reading and studying and contemplation and and crying over and praying through. And that's that's the issue of authority. How much authority does the Bible have in our lives? Mm-hmm. And it has no authority if you don't read it. If you don't ever open it, yeah. Um, I do, one of the things I do at a funeral is I'll, if, if a person's a devout Christ follower, or I thought they were a devout Christ follower, you know, the looks can be <laughs> deceiving. Um, and so you go to the, the family comes in and we're going through all the things that we might talk about. And I say, well, can you bring me their Bible? Because I found that in preparing for a, a funeral service, you will find all sorts of things. People stick in their Bible stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes almost a, a library of uh, thoughts, ideas, events. There's uh, programs for weddings and mm-hmm. funerals and uh, church services. But more than that, it's like circled things, yeah. verses that or are underlined. Dates. Notes that they put in there. Mm-hmm. So it's a wonderful thing to stand up at someone else's funeral and say, um, sister so-and-so highlighted this verse and wrote this note in the corner of it, and then you can talk about this person's faith, what the verse says, and it's almost like a testimony. Mm-hmm. But so many times you'll get someone who, you know, they were at church all the time, everybody thought they were great, and you say, can I see their Bible? Okay, I don't know why, <laughs> and they give it to <laughs> you. If I can find it. And yeah. It's like a new King James Bible that was given to them in 19, I don't know, 97 or something like that. And it feels like it just came out of the cellophane. Mm-hmm. It just it still has that new new car smell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. all the pages still stick together. Uh, because they never, and, I, and I've asked, well, where's the one they read? <laughs> oh, no, that's the only Bible they had. Yeah. He had or she had. It's very, dis- mm-hmm. that person, that Bible has no authority for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an idea. It's mm-hmm. a token. It's a shaman. It's a, 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 what's, I'm looking for a word. Um, what's a, what's a, what's a rabbit's foot? Lucky charm? Oh. Uh, nah, mm-hmm. that's a cereal. Get your, no, <laughs> be more helpful. Um, the, the word, it's. Um, it's l- like a penny in the shoe. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I don't know what the, the word is. It's a. A lucky... There's a word. No, it's not a lucky charm. Oh. <laughs> if you say lucky charms, I'm coming over the table after you. <laughs> it, it's the... Um, 
now Daryl's Googling it. There's a word that yeah. describes this, and I cannot find the word. Mm-hmm. But that's how we treat the Bible mm-hmm. as this. It's like kind not of putting. It's a bad luck, like a talisman. Not. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. I was for. never going to come up with that word. <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> what was the word? Talisman. Talisman. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 the, t- it's the, the rune, the magic spell. Mm-hmm. It's the, all that. And that's how we do it. You know, um, we carry it and we hold it, and we, but we don't actually. It, the, okay. the word of God is it's words. Mm-hmm. And you have to read the words mm-hmm. and uh, w- sing the words. My, my, Daryl does a great job with the worship service, but mm-hmm. our best songs are the ones, mm-hmm. not that sound good musically, but are the ones that are scripture. Mm-hmm. Those are the best songs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We pray the word. We, um, but then we have to do our it. part, too, and allow the word to work in our lives. Exactly. You know, you can read it and just check it off your daily Bible reading list. But if you're not meditating and soaking it in and asking the Holy Spirit, you know, what do you want me to know today, right now? What do you want me to know? And seeking that guidance, then it's, you might as well sit down and read a, you know, People magazine. Right. Because if it was encoded with the Holy Spirit, it needs to be decoded with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Well, let, let me push a little bit. I think you should read the People magazine first, then read the Bible. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I don't. Think he's I serious. don't. I'm serious. I don't read People magazine. Well, whatever so. it is. Well, my wife does, mm-hmm. and so I know all about things. <laughs> um, but I think one of the problems we have with reading the Bible is we don't understand, or don't we don't. I think in our mind we know this, but our heart doesn't. That it's not one kind of literature. It's so much mm-hmm. more than, than than one kind of literature. So uh, I recently read through Macbeth. You know, King Saul, I understand him better through the lens of Macbeth because Macbeth is King Saul uh-huh. in so many ways. It's the same idea uh, because the King Saul story is a tragic story about a pers- an unlikely person who a religious seer said, you're going to be king. It changed his life. It went to his head, and mm-hmm. he became a ruthless murderer, um, crazy man, which is exactly what Macbeth is. I mean, mm-hmm. Shakespeare got all his best ideas from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people, when you ask them, well, have you read your Bible? You know, do you read your Bible? Well, that's, I try to, but I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So, of course, reading, you know, and I'm guilty. I stand in line at HEB, and I browse through magazines, inquire people. You know, I don't buy them because they're expensive, but I stand there and look through them. And they, they make that stuff so interesting that, that, you that may be know, thievery you know? <laughs> to just read them and not buy them. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's temptation. And I'm pretty I want sure you to buy them. The Bible says something <laughs> about that. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it, it may it play into <laughs> our, <laughs> our failure in the church uh, with the systems we set up, whereas we've made it easy for people to come and let the hired people be the experts and tell me what to think or feel or believe and then well I don't understand the Bible becomes Mm -hmm. kind of a cop-out or an excuse because if there's anything in the world that you don't understand but you really wanted to understand it you would find a way or I love it when people and this is totally sarcastic well would you pray with me or for me about this because you're closer to God than I am (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, no, we have we I have them in church. the closet, in the janitor's I read closet. My Bible. <laughs> you can do these things too. You know, we're as close to God as we want to be. And it's those choices that we make every single day as to, you know, the disciplines of, of how we're going to, you know, get so into God's word. Misty, share with us more about when you pray, when you read the Bible, because I think that um, 
you said help me un- how do you say it holy spirit help me understand help me understand mm-hmm. now that this is a key concept called illumination mm-hmm. um, not inspiration but illumination to help and me and not illuminati no but it's the same root uh shine light on this mm-hmm. let let the light come in that i can read this and perceive it not just anciently mm-hmm. what was going on there but the the significance in my life now mm-hmm. there, there's what the bible meant and then there's the significance that it has mm-hmm. and i think a lot of times we read the bible only looking for meaning what it meant right. and mm-hmm. not the significance today yes and i don't I don't just mean the equal sign, but I mean you pull it out of its context, of mm-hmm. its origins. Now, what's what's the overall message? And this is the real work of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what I find is uh, this is where the Holy Spirit really does teach. I mean, that, that's the one of mm-hmm. the, the roles that he has in our lives is he teaches mm-hmm. us. And it's when we read the Bible. If you're not reading the Bible, you're not going to get taught by the Holy Spirit. That's right. Th- this is the school Because he teaches, he teaches you us. something different than he may teach me. You know, exactly. And you're not just because you ask me, well, what do you think this Preach means? It. And, you know, and I'm able to translate the way it applies to me mm-hmm. is not necessarily the way it's going to mean, you know, what it's going to mean to somebody else. And that's what makes it personal. And because being able he's to personal. Sorry. And being able to sit in it. Like, mm-hmm. don't just read it and be done. Like, sit in it. Like, mm-hmm. sit in the, like, sometimes it makes you uncomfortable. Like, you got to sit in it. Yep. Um, let it resonate. Well, yes. and and it's not a task. That's to a much better word than sit in it. Well, uh, same. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've sat in lots of things that aren't <laughs> very good, but but I sit with it. You yes. Maybe sit with instead yeah. of sit in. I think that's well, and that could be that could be read until something jumps out at you. Read a verse. I think a lot of times we approach the Bible as something or a quiet time as a task to be completed. And well, I read my chapter today or I read my five chapters or my two verses or my open windows with the little devotional thought. Not that those things are bad, but it becomes a checklist thing as opposed to like what you're both saying, Misty and Joni, is engage with it in a way that allows it to speak to you don't see it as I did my good deed right. for the day. I read, I read one, my Bible verse. You can take one verse <clears throat> and just soak it in and meditate on it mm-hmm. and I, sit with it. I, you know, if that's the case, you don't have to just, yeah, spend 45 minutes to four hours reading. I've done know? this with uh, certain classes that I've taught here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and something I learned uh, a few years ago, knew nothing about, but um, Lectio Divina which is a way of reading scripture where you're not necessarily trying to intellectually dissect it. You're reading and, and like you're saying, asking the Holy Spirit to impress something on you. You may take a passage or a verse and you're not so much reading it for the information's sake. You're, you're opening yourself to God impressing a word or a phrase on you and allowing him to speak through that in a way that may go beyond the context per se. Mm-hmm. I, I know that sounds... I'm probably making that sound very dangerous the way I'm saying well, it. No, <laughs> I understand. No, that's Lectio Divina is dangerous um, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a wonderful practice. I believe, and I'm not an expert on this. I've got friends that are. I believe Lectio Divina is a way of reading the scripture in which in its most um, ritual form is you read it over and over again, and every time you read it, you put an emphasis on a different word mm-hmm. to allow it to speak. And I've just got my Bible open here, so like, Let's see. 
Um, I'm just fruit. Uh, I mean, the but so Second Timothy three sixteen is the one that I was about the Bible. So all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So a Lectio Divina reading of this, we slow down, read this verse. All Scripture is breathed out by mm. God. So all, and then and the next time, Scripture. All scripture, and you move through every time. All scripture is not you know not was not Mm -hmm. should be is, and then breathe. And Mm -hmm. so as what happens, it it takes and so you work through. It's 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 a it's a way of reading the Bible that slows you down. Yeah, intentionally, it's the speed bump Mm -hmm. in Bible reading. It slows Mm -hmm. you down. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think all that's true about. you read it and you don't want to just go through the motions. But I also believe this. The, another thing is true. I have gone long periods of time reading the Bible every day and not feeling as if I've connected very much at all with the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, boom, mm-hmm. there it is. You, you go those periods of dryness yes. with the Bible where it is academic, it's cognitive, mm-hmm. it's only um, informational. But then you have that after that period of time, here comes the emotion. Mm-hmm. Here comes the feeling. Here comes the, the illumination when you see it mm-hmm. differently. So I think both those are true. Mm-hmm. You can go through dry periods where you just you don't feel it at all, right. um, in terms of what we're doing here. But that's a good example of, of keep doing it anyway. You know, you don't stop. You just you just keep doing it, even if it becomes mechanical or you have to make yourself do it. I think that's one of the disciplines of of scripture is just continuing to do those things and trusting that the Lord's going to come through and, you know, make, make it resonate with mm-hmm. you. And in that time that you say all of a sudden is that much sweeter. When it it is. And sometimes that comes after I've walked away from it mm-hmm. and picked up something else to help me understand it better. This is one of the great fallacies, I believe. Um, because it's true in a simple form, like, like John three sixteen. I don't need any helps to get that, and I don't need any helps to understand that Jesus died on the cross, and I can be saved by giving my heart to Him. That I get that. When we talk about anybody can understand it, I get that. But there are big parts of the Bible that are complicated, difficult. We're separated by. I mean, all the Bible study people, time. It's you know. The last part of the Bible was written 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Time, some of it was written 3,000, maybe 4,000 years ago. Uh, distance, a different part of the world, mm-hmm. not even not even North, Cultural, North yeah. America. I mean, there were people here, but they, you know, it, I don't want to say it wasn't discovered yet, but there were people here, but they weren't connected to that worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, culture. Uh, lifespans, languages. Mm-hmm. Language says a lot. If you ever study a different language, the way you speak that language says a lot about how you view the world, mm-hmm. do the idioms that you use, all of these things. So sometimes you need to actually, you're not understanding it. You're praying, Lord, help me. And he's like, well, there's a bookstore mm-hmm. down the road yeah. <laughs> that you're going to need to go to, right? That kind of, or talk to someone who's, who's wrestling. Always finding someone smarter than you to help mm-hmm. you work through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, look at the disciples. You know, Jesus chose those disciples. Out of all the people in the world, he chose those 12 to follow him and to teach them. And he taught them through parables and through visual aids and through um, his teachings. And, you know, they were just normal people, too. They didn't have these 
you know, um, amazing memories or these, all these attributes that would deem them, you know, a disciple for Jesus. And so think about, you know, what they had to do is pray well, and ask for those things and be able to remember the teachings and, you know, to be able to document and write things down. They had to remember that stuff. Well, and the Bible says the word became flesh. And we call the Bible the word when in reference, the Bible is actually saying Jesus is the word. They spent time with the literal word. Um, like you're saying, and so I'm going to I'm gonna use Jamie's phrase, and I'm going to push back a little bit on what you said a minute ago of just kind of gutting it out and sticking with it and reading it and, and buying Push back, copyrighted by Jamie Green in 2022, <laughs> all rights reserved, is that there may be sometimes when you're reading the Bible, you're like, I don't get it, I'm so tired, I'm so frustrated, and God's like, go for a walk, <laughs> take a nap, you know, that there are other ways to, to engage with Scripture that may not necessarily mean sitting down for those 30 minutes. It may mean taking a week of engaging with the word through nature or through um, music, uh, scripture and song or something in different ways as opposed to just kind of feeling like, well, I have to do this mm-hmm. and God will eventually come through that maybe maybe there are times that we're trying to get something from the Bible and we're just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it until it, it comes to me. Well, okay. I hear you. I see what you're saying. <laughs> she <laughs> raised her eyebrow at me. So, just however, one, just one eyebrow. Fired. <laughs> I'm going to so push back on your pushback. You don't, you know, you don't work out, you know, for a whole week and you're feeling sluggish. And after you don't work out for a week, what happens? It, it's harder to get back into it after that point. And just the spiritual disciplines, I think, and I hear what you're saying, and I'm not saying, you know, make yourself do it every single day until it's just making you crazy, but don't get out of the routine of doing it because then you do, it it is harder to get back. But realize there's more to the routine because, to use your metaphor, um, working out requires rest too. You have to take rest days. And sometimes some people say it's good to take a week off a year or something like that. However, working out goes beyond just working out. It involves diet. Mm-hmm. It involves sleep. It involves so many other things. And sometimes those are getting neglected at the right. expense of just working out. Well, and working out and doing those things, you're doing that for a result. You know, you're, yeah. you're wanting to stay in, in shape and stay fit and stay healthy. And reading scripture, although we don't do it just for the results, those are the benefits. But like you and said earlier, are, there's there's a level of balance required. True, absolutely, yeah. So the rest, I love this metaphor. So we need rest. I agree with that in our reading of the Bible. In the Christian life, what is rest? The Sabbath. Death. The Sabbath. Did you say death? <laughs> <laughs> sleeping. Doesn't Jesus refer to sleeping as death? We'll, we'll, sl- we'll, we'll rest sl- when we're we'll dead. <laughs> Joni, follow. I went with the Sabbath. Joni got Sabbath. it. So. Not as morbid as mine. <laughs> Sabbath is rest and worship. So on the Sabbath mm-hmm. is we worship the Lord. It's worship is our great Sabbath. And death in heaven is the ultimate Sabbath. Yes. So both of you are right. Um, I was more writer. <laughs> <laughs> the, what I'm getting at here is the best thing that we can do to help us when we're stuck in understanding something about Scripture is to return back to to worship. Uh, Doxology is connected to our theology. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when you get that that idea, I think that praise, 
praise is where our uh, study begins and praise is where our study ends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest help Mm -hmm. to me is just to turn it back into acts of worship. Um, in remembering who the Lord and is. And scripture even says when we don't know what to pray and we're s- so distraught and heartbroken that, you know, the Holy Spirit does intercede mm-hmm. and, and Jesus knows our hearts. So even without words and, you know, and be, and memorizing scripture too, you know, that's what we're kind of working on in children's church and Sunday school is memorizing. You can read your scripture and, and have it in front of you, but memorizing those things and, and in your heart and i think that's hard for for um people these days to memorize things because they are like our students are in the world of google all Mm -hmm. the time and so they're like digital natives and they know exactly what to i don't even know phone numbers like you know i have to look and i don't even know what is my phone number okay hold on i want to let me push back (laughs) (laughs) so I agree. We've um, attention spans are just plummeting. the 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 digital world is it's destroying our ability to concentrate for more than five minutes. No one reads blogs anymore. It's got to be a, 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 a Instagram picture or, or a, a tweet. tweet, right? I, I need to do it in thirty seconds or less, or I can't do it, mm-hmm. which is destructive in its own. But that's a different story. But we can still memorize things. Absolutely, we we can. And still, we should. Um, the you know, if I'm in a room full of men, I'm going to pick on men for a minute. Most of them will be sports fanatics, and they can tell me the number jersey of every player on their favorite team. Um, correct you if you say the wrong name for a jersey number or a t- team. They know all of the, the the plays, the philosophy, the coaches. They, they've got it all down. Mm-hmm. They can tell you what the schedule is going to be. I've got people who already know the NFL schedule for next year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, these are these are things that ma- they they know it. And seven year olds, eight year olds, kids, seven year olds and eight year olds, they know the words to all their favorite songs. They uh, God they can is s- bigger than the. I was thinking, man. baby shark. Oh gosh. Gosh. <laughs> right? uh, Daryl's done. So so they know that, and teenagers, the students, the, right. they know all the words to their songs. Um, they can sing them. Over and over and over again. But everything's at their fingertips, too. Well, that may be how they access the data, but if it matters to them, they'll learn it. Oh, absolutely. That's what I was saying earlier when you had said people will say, I I don't understand reading the Bible. It comes back to personal responsibility. You will invest in something that's meaningful to you. And like Mm -hmm. Jamie's saying, you... We have the ability mm-hmm. to memorize and to mm-hmm. study and to learn mm-hmm. when we want to. But I think in religion, or I don't want to stir up Howard's issue yesterday with Christianity and it, whether it's a religion or not a religion. Well, I think he was leading them down a primrose path, and then he brought the hammer. Okay. So I think that he was being, uh, Christianity is a religion. It looks like this. He's baiting that. them in. And, th- and then once all everyone had bought into the fact, he's like, but it's not. And I think I ruined it by oh. saying. Yeah. So I wasn't there, so I just know this was a topic of discussion yesterday. Howard is very smart and sly. Never <laughs> underestimate that man. <laughs> but in the context of, um, gosh, I just totally lost my thought where I was going with all of that. Well, let's I move this way off. then. Let's talk about a couple. Of, let's have some fun. Because uh, I think about a half hour we've been at this already. Yeah. And we haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet. I want to know what's your favorite book of the Bible? We're talking about the Bible. Oh, Lamentations. (laughs) (laughs) I really... Song of Solomon. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. Oh, oh, hold on. Youth ministry trick, Tony? Two guys in a cabin in East Texas. 
would. Whoa, 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 oh, no. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Song of Solomon, two guys in a cabin in East Texas. We're right. getting there. I'm no, no, getting no. there. Guys cabin at camp. Two of, of my biggest, two of my biggest troublemakers were just wanting to get in everything and not ha- engage. And I was like, well, look, I know you aren't interested in Bible study stuff. And I just put whatever you do before you go to bed at night. Do not just stay away from the book of Sol- Song of Solomon. That's that's too too much for you guys <laughs> those guys are reading the bible all week <laughs> it may have it may not have gotten the end result at one, one of them had surrendered the ministry so i mean i guess it eventually got there but that before or after he got his girlfriend pregnant <laughs> sorry i didn't that was that was wrong um uh, uh so song of solomon I, I, I'm joking too I when joking I said that. Too. Lamentations. You joked I, about lamentations. Totally. Lamentations is not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> first John for me. First oh, John. First John. So what do you like about First John? Oh, the I love. like. I do like all the love stuff. I think John has lived a very long life, and he's trying to convey. I think some of the things he says are misconstrued, but I think he's trying to convey what it means to actually have a truly intimate relationship with God in such a personal and profound and non-religious way um, and then how that affects your life and how that affects all your other relationships or can okay love that I love that you had an answer and you knew why that's so so significant because they all have that part Mm -hmm. so I love in the New Testament I love John just because it's the gospel the of gospel of John, not third John. No, Mm-mm. not revelation, Mm-mm. which may have been the same John or may not have been the same John. Well, and we need to talk about that. We need All to right. talk about. So let's talk about that in a minute, but let's get our favorite. We're having fun now. We're having fun now. So but what's your favorite part of John? I just like Jesus spitting in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be it. <laughs> Spitting's always good for you. I just feel like it's, it's very laid out for you. Like it's, it's a good, like, Anybody can read it. It's it's like if a youth says, "Where do I start?" I always say, "John." John's a great place to start. It yeah. it, it, it 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 gives you the relational aspects, but it's mm-hmm. also like what you're talking about earlier, Misty. The more you study John, it's much deeper and layered mm-hmm. than we often mm-hmm. give it credit for. Because yeah. I was taught John's where you go for evangelism. Mm-hmm. I'm not certain that's what John's doing. John's the Jewish most Jewish, Jewish of all the Gospels. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's a there, there's a there's some sort of celebration. Ritual on every other chapter. It's just it's very very mm-hmm. deep. I love that you have the an answer. It's great, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Misty. What's your? Favorite? I'm gonna have to stick with Esther. She's just. You're so women's ministry I am, oriented. I am. I mean, but I've thought about it, and I'm just that's my favorite. Every time I ask, everything like, like, do women's ministries is it required that every third Bible study be on Esther? Yes, absolutely. It just feels every like every time you study it, it's something you get something different out of it. So, do you like Esther or do you like Mordecai? Esther. I like I like Mordecai. That, Gotta go with Esther. Mm-hmm. Crazy Uncle Mordecai. Of course, Mordecai. he plays a big part in it too. But I just feel if deliverance doesn't come from you, <laughs> it's gonna come from this somewhere it. else. It's Do coming. Something. Deliverance well, is coming. Well, and growing up with my mom, um, being in abusive relationships and seeing her cow down to men all of her life, you know, and then to to grow up and know that that's not the way I want my life to be, and then I can relate with Esther when she stands up and she has this courage and she's trusting completely in you know in her God to to do these great things I just I love it random question do and and I'm just curious as you were talking about Esther and reading Esther and studying Esther and talking about women (laughs) being 
oppressed 47 by, oppressed by men. Because she studies at every third Bible <laughs> study. <laughs> well, my question is, in all of our collective dealings with churches, how many times is that a book of a Bible that's relegated to women teaching it to other women? And how many men pastors get up and preach that book? With the same, I feel like I've just been challenged. No, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, don't we do that? Don't we do that? Is, maybe this is you a different totally podcast that. topic. Don't okay. we do that in churches? As we okay. say, Easter. oh, women, you be you be brave and strong in your space. But us Easter men Sunday, are still I'm, in now, I'm preaching. I'm preaching Esther Easter Sunday. I'm, that's but coming. there's more character. Oh, I know. I know you'll do it. But there's I'm just more saying. characters scaffolding. in the story of Esther than just Esther. She just happens to be, you know, the star. Actually, she's she's actually the star, she's but she's actually not. not. I think Mordecai. Yeah. Mordecai, Mordecai and Haman have far more yes. face time. Mm-hmm. It's a, and it's just exciting. And this brooding you king and you who can can't sleep at night. Picture all these things so going popper. on. Yeah. It's a telenovela. It's really. It really could be a telenovela. It really drives me crazy. Totally. When kids are like, mm-hmm. I would, or anybody is like, I would get in the word, except for it's boring. That Song is of Solomon. There's boring. your answer. There you go. So that's that's one of the things I have always on my list when people say, ah, Bible's so boring. Anyone who says that has never read it. Mm-hmm. Esther is compelling. Ruth, mm-hmm. compelling. Ruth is my favorite in the through the temple. The ju- yeah, judges, <laughs> like Jael yeah. and Deborah. And that, that's, oh. that's it's good stuff. I, I lured him into my tent. I gave him a glass of warm milk. He went to sleep. And then I shoved the pin peg right through his orbital socket, and he died. I mean, that's, that's my favorite part. That's, that's, I love that, that part. That's your favorite part. Or even part. Moses, you know, you just read the story of Moses, all of it. It's, good. yeah, it's good. So I, I think that, yeah, boring is an objection to the Bible. I think it has no merit. And yeah. then another objection that I've heard is where did we even get the Bible from? Like, because so much of it was oral history passed down and passed down and passed down. Like, did we miss something? Or what made it into the canon and what didn't? Well, you used a big word there, canon. Define that, student. (laughs) (laughs) Canon, you know. (laughs) Not that canon. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) But what made it? What? um, Come and take it. (laughs) (laughs) Because there were other books that didn't actually get into the printed word like i think thomas canonized thomas one so thomas had <laughs> something so, so the gospel of thomas the gospel of judas and didn't, uh, wait what's that martin luther <laughs> wanted to drop out <laughs> what, you're, you're, you're just dropping just words over words <laughs> y'all right. with it let's let's let's, let's, let's you, you define canon you've not defined canon yet then we'll go back to subtuigent you just <laughs> abused a beautiful word over there so canon i think of you know, like a council getting together saying, okay, these are the scriptures that we're going to actually include in the final That's kind of what it is. So the canon, is, it means re- measuring stick. No women there, by the way, I'm sure. No. They were um, invited to the party. Esther. Duh. They didn't bring sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> the So canon means or measuring sticks. Like, yes. So it's like the reed that measures things. And so this is the measuring stick. These are the canons that we measure ourselves by. Uh, and so you get the the scripture that was accepted are the ones the church were using. Mm-hmm. So the twenty seven books of the New Testament and the thirty nine of the Old Testament. The Old Testament kind of set right. That's mm-hmm. we we just kind of a, borrowed that from the the Jewish faith at the time. Right. But it was good. We did leave out some other stuff that you'll find in a book called the Apocrypha, which that's, I think that's you're what I was con- looking for. I think you're <laughs> confusing that with Septuagint. <laughs> I know it was a big word. <laughs> the Septuagint refers to the Greek translation of the Old Testament. There you go. 
that Jesus certainly was aware of, and Paul quotes all the time. I was just testing you. I knew that all along. Apocrypha means hidden or secret, and it refers to those books that I love, by the way. It's about the Maccabees Mm -hmm. and Judith and Esdras and all the extra Daniels, and you get, um, let's see, what's Bell and the Dragon. There's a dragon story. All this fun stuff. It's nestled right in there. Um, The Book of Mormon. Tobias, no, <laughs> no, 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 and and what I always like to think of these as those books that you should Christians should read those. They're not scripture, but they inform us of the way people were thinking about biblical characters. It's almost like Christian fiction, Christian flash fiction. They would take these ideas from history or from the Bible, like Enoch, right? And they would say, "What if?" And they go on. It was that kind of, it's more Frank Peretti than it is scripture. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's very informative. Maccabees is history, though. Maccabees is really good history. Which just goes to my original complaint that I said early on is you're saying read these things, study these things, uh, understand their context. But the church I grew up in, and I use that in a general sense, um, we were more interested in policing people did you believe these things about the Bible? The Bible was this, the Bible was that, the Bible was that, and we were more protective of the book than actually engaging with it. Um, it's like we said, have a relationship with God, although God's not big enough to engage with you, here's how you have to do it. And here's what you have to believe, and here's what you can read, and here's what you can't read, and here's what you should do and what you shouldn't do, as opposed to if God is big enough to have a relationship with us, then I read something that's extra biblical and then it's not good, then God's going to let me know. No, this is not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So that just goes back to, I think more so, so much of Christendom is, has been rooted in how to control people's behavior and tell them what to think and feel and believe. Um, and I think that's why it's important to um, search scripture out on for yourself. You know, your kids grow up, you have them in church and they want to live off mom and dad's faith. Well, guess what? You know, they're 20, Mm -hmm. 22 years old, and they're searching. They're trying to figure some stuff out. And so I think at that point, you know, people have to, that's, you know, like we talked about earlier, that's why it's a personal relationship. And I think a lot of times we we do want to depend on other people. Like you talked about earlier, church. We're church people. Just let them deal with it, you know. But it's it's personal. We can only do so much. I'll pray for anybody. I'm honored and privileged to always pray for people, but... I can't do it for them. You no. know, it's got to be their relationship. Absolutely. With Jesus. Well, Absolutely. And, and that relationship flows certainly through the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the presence of Christ, but the Bible is the way we believe mm-hmm. God is primarily speaking to us. Mm-hmm. My experiences, He'll use my experiences, mm-hmm. He'll use history, mm-hmm. He'll use my church, He'll use my church's doctrine and theology. Mm-hmm. All of these things he'll use, but the primary way he speaks to me is through the scriptures, and I would not know him if it weren't for the scriptures. Well, and in so in this sense, they're a gift. Yes, and I think it, you know people think that whoever wrote the Bible is it was just dictation, divine dictation. God just told the people what to write, and they wrote it. Well, it it was partly that supernatural, and also because of their experiences, I think were intertwined with with all the well there's a few places where we know god says write this down right right, right. Yeah. That, 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 and that's really unique that's mm-hmm. not the except that, that, that's the exception not the rule right 
most of the scriptures are flowing straight to the personality of the person. Yes. When you pick up Paul, it's he's coming it's through him. that. Yeah. It's him. His personality's coming through this. Now, we believe it's scripture because the Lord was using Paul as our great teacher mm-hmm. to lead us down the path we should go. And, and the Lord's uh, working through that, and the Holy Spirit was involved with that. He was also working through whoever wrote Matthew. May have been Matthew, may not have been Matthew. Mm-hmm. Isaiah. Whether you got a first Isaiah, a second Isaiah, and a third Isaiah, mm-hmm. I don't know, but there's it's a good argument for all of that. Uh, Moses, uh, whoever wrote the Judges, I mean, these are personalities that flow through them, mm-hmm. not written at God's specific command. But as you right. say, Misty, there's, there's a person mm-hmm. behind that. It's almost like it's their testimony. Mm-hmm. It would be and like if we, yeah. you know, wrote down our testimony. Um, well, that's what we use the word is, witness. And, yeah, but this what is, is your their, witness? Their testimony. Like yeah. Esther, well, in a that's thousand, testimony. a thousand years exactly from now, when some, if we're, if the earth is still here, I mean, it's if Jesus hadn't it's come back. Flat. Heaven and earth will pass <laughs> away, but my word will endure it's, forever. It's not flat. Well, and somebody stumbles across our video archive mm-hmm. of worship services, and they're watching one of Jamie's sermons or whatever. God help their soul. <laughs> they <laughs> they're going to have to put that in its context or see it as a specific context um, from the so standpoint of where we are right now yeah yeah right and and, s- and see that that's Jamie's personality coming through his sermon and his 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 message and things like that like you're saying we do try to a lot of times read the the word in our cult culture rather than seeing what their culture was like and then reading it with their eyes but then also how what? does it apply to We now? think we're reading it in their culture, You're but right. we're actually reading it That's in ours. I, That's I, the worst possible yeah, thing. I may get in trouble for saying this, but I think what, Why we, change? <laughs> what we often don't realize is, you know, um, America, we like to be the winner. Just air quotes. We like to be the winner in everything, and we're the greatest country in the world, and, and I'm not disputing we have had great success and, and, and impressive things that we've done. But so much of what scripture is speaking to is the underdog. And it's the it's the the person who's rejected. It's the outcast. It's mm-hmm. the I mean the people that Jesus hung around with. And so I, there are some pastors who are great at taking those underdog passages and and making it into a talisman or a lucky charm for how your business is meant to succeed because Jesus wants you to be successful. And and we just spin it into something that I don't think it was intended to be. And I think as a culture, like you were just saying, we think we're reading the context there when maybe we're twisting it to fit our context. I think I can draw a parallel. Good. I, I agree with you in so many ways. So like our nation, what makes our nation great is not our success. It's the ideals we put to paper. We hold these truths to be evident. All men, all human beings are created equal. It's the idea of a limited government, of separation of powers, of the authority resting in the people. These ideals of our nation are what make us great. And those ideals have propelled us on to do great things. Now, do we always live up to it? No. Just like in anything, we fail miserably sometimes. I'm I'm looking at you, um, slavery and Jim Crow and the way we treat uh, people of other races. Um, these are horrible things that we need to do better. But our documents call us to do better. And in that sense, the church has as its primary document, not the Constitution, but the Scriptures. And these Scriptures um, 
form our ideals, our core convictions. And do we live up to them? No, but they always call the church is flawed. It has all kinds of problems. We're sinners. Uh, we, you know, we we eat too much. We drink too much. We party too much. We're too separatist. We fight and argue and cuss, fuss and discuss and and, and it's all these things that we do. Uh, but we're still great because Christ loves us and He gave us this gift of the Scriptures that always calls us back into relationship mm-hmm. with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that's where the, the Bible has its, it's all these different things that we love. Misty loves Esther, which is narrative. What was it? John. John, John which is gospel. It's biography, but holy biography. You like First John, which is a letter. Mm-hmm. Three completely different What's kinds. your favorite? You didn't tell us your favorite. I like it all. Oh. <laughs> oh, we didn't out. know that was an answer. <laughs> I, I would be hard pressed to find my favorite. It's tough. To be honest. It's hard. Yeah. The, it depends on what stage of life you're in, too. I'm I'm a narrative person, so I like to me. I, uh, for a lot of me, I always go back to like Genesis one, two, three, and four. The, there's a lot of uh, to me. The rest of the Bible, in so many ways, is just explication of all the damage mm-hmm. and good that was done there. So, like, this is a good illustration of what I'm talking about here. So, if you read those books of the Bible. And you come away with it. That's not how science says God made the world. The Bible's just wrong. I mean, I was a college student, and I remember one of my professors, I knew him. I had a class with him. They had one of these traveling apologeticists on campus, and he was heckling him. He was like, <coughs> the Bible calls a bat a bird. A bat, bat's not a bird. It's a mammal. The Bible's wrong. I was like, well, I was like, whoa, I don't think that the Bible is a book on ornithology. Uh, it's not, it has wings. To a person writing 3,000 years ago, right. it looks like a bird. Yeah. I understand your taxonomy here, but this is not what we're, but people want Get to make Genesis 1, on 2, things. and 3 yeah. make a scientific argument. Okay, fine. But when I read it, I'm not looking to do that. What I see the truth of it is I'm Adam. Mm-hmm. And God has created me and he's breathed something into me that is unique Mm -hmm. and it's just me Mm -hmm. every other human being has it too but i'm adam Mm -hmm. if i were the only one in creation this is me and i have this relationship with god and god has given me dominion over Mm -hmm. this world and so uh you know i can i can bless the heron and curse the grackle right uh uh, all these things, I have all this at my fingertips, this beautiful world I get to live in. And he has given me my wife. And we're both male and female. He created them. And it takes both of us to reflect his image. And somehow together in our relationship and our love, we're reflecting of who he is. And we are at our best when we are in communion with him, walking in the cool of the day. And I read Genesis that way, mm-hmm. where I'm shoved into it. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Well, temptation comes and I reach for that thing I should not have reached for and my appetite gets control of that thing I should not have I want something I should not want and that destroys the perfection of the garden and therefore I have to flee and I see shame and guilt and humility and all the things that come at me and the destructive uh, tendencies that I have in my own no one can ruin my life like I can ruin Mm -hmm. my life I don't need anybody else's help 
uh, and so then the Lord comes, and I'm, I, have, I have the consequences for that. So now there's toil and work and thorns and briars, but there's still salvation. Mm-hmm. He still atones. He still covers because he is God. And so I see this in this relationship. That's how I read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And there's where the truth and the beauty is. Mm-hmm. That's how I think, to me, mm-hmm. I do this with all the Bible. Yeah. So my favorite part of the Bible is whatever I'm reading right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but if, if you, you read Genesis as... Well, he forgot about the dinosaurs. Where are the dinosaurs here? You know, I think you're you not it. reading it right. Right. Yeah. It's because see, one of the things is I think they're trying to proof text God or something. Well, it's also arrogant. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's generational arrogance that where's the dinosaurs? Well, three hundred years ago, had God mentioned in the Bible, oh, don't forget about the the pterodactyl or the T Rex. That was nobody would have had context for it. Or if the Lord had talked about Genesis, if he'd have said, uh, well, we began with the right neutrons <laughs> in the right, right in the right gravitational field, and this is how the uh, everything, it would have made no sense because God wrote it in a way mm-hmm. through the human author mm-hmm. that is poetic and true. Mm-hmm. And it's poetic and true regardless of what scientific theory is dominating right now. Mm-hmm. It's always true. And having said that, it makes it fascinates me that the order of creation is the same order of evolutionary thought, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you look at any any evolutionary biologist would read that and go, "This is the same." Now they would argue with how it came about because yeah. they, you know, they would try and mix God out of the whole argument. Mm-hmm. But it's the same process, the but same I, outline. And I think that just shows when you take faith and science, we want to make them um, uh, opposed or ex- mutually exclusive as opposed to if God is really as big as he is, then these two things can actually support each other if you put them in the right place. Because God's bigger than the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is what we call God's specific revelation. There's th- I think there's three of those. The Bible... God in Christ is the big one. And then the church. Mm-hmm. These are specific mm-hmm. revelations. But then there's general revelation, which is creation. The water, the sun, the moon, the stars, the grass, mm-hmm. the deer. All of these point to us. One of the most um, transcendent moments I ever have is at a waterfall. Right? Mm-hmm. No Bible anywhere around. Mm-hmm. Right? Th- that's general revelation. Mm-hmm. When I had a, uh, a, a counselor... I guess, I don't know if they were psychiatrists or whatever. Someone just made the point. There's Quackery? A, uh, <laughs> this one, yes. I, but there what was do you mean I'm not a counselor? I printed this this morning <laughs> off my printer right here. It says I got I would not send anybody to this particular one, but there was one There was one comment that <laughs> was made here? that did resonate, and it was the, there's a verse in the Bible where it says Jesus went out and sat by the lake. It doesn't say Jesus went out and prayed. Jesus evangelized. Jesus It says he went and sat by the lake, period. And 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 the the point being made is, it's okay. Back to Sabbath or rest, I guess. Um, again, again, but that to, we don't always have to be doing something. And I know that's more a me struggle. Um, I'll need the rest of the day off. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's go back to John in that aspect. Just this is more of a Bible issue, um, and theology issue. So Jesus did a lot of that. So the Book of John. Is the gospel we know that Jesus's ministry was three years. It mm-hmm. paints it in a mm-hmm. three-year ministry. If I just had Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it'd be like one year. Mm-hmm. But John gives us this cycle of three years. But even if you take that, 
Um, well, he had a little posse of writers too. I so think that might I think <laughs> I think the Gospel of John breaks down into only something like fifteen episodes, right? Mm-hmm. For three years. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other days. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other There's a lot stuff. of other days mm-hmm. that we're not told what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm guessing he's doing a lot mm-hmm. of sitting by the lake and praying and teaching in intimate groups and not it's not earth shaking. He's not always healing lepers. Right. Uh, so I think that's important. There's a couple of words. Uh, Daryl is we must be nearing an hour because you just closed just, your notebook. I didn't really have anything you in there. You took your glasses I, I off. Needed. You put your pen away. Are, are we done? <laughs> no, I just we are close to an hour, but there's a couple of words we need to talk about let's uh, talk about words baby i was thinking bruno but <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> we don't talk about bruno. <laughs> uh the words you hear a lot uh that there's the 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 inerrant word uh, i almost referenced that, that earlier I, I thought i'm gonna leave that one alone <laughs> you want to leave that one alone what is it earlier mean? i said oh inerrant, an like without error? without error yeah it comes from a chicago a theological co- Chicago statement that was all the rage when I was back in the dark ages when I was a student and it's the doctrine that the idea the Bible has no error in it now if you look at the actual statement it's based on it goes through all kinds of exceptions no error in it in its Except, original right. document mm-hmm. which we don't do you know how have. many original <laughs> documents we have of anything zero zero like it was passed down orally so well, not all of it mm-hmm. I mean some of it well was no but like the early stuff was all passed down and there was only one copy I mean they didn't have like photo no. you, you know <laughs> printers and <laughs> right can gonna, you print it can you make four per- copies I'm gonna for show that, my age you know they didn't go to Kinko's right. <laughs> and say, I need seven so copies of the this. scrolls that they had that was it that's, that's what they it. had mm-hmm. yeah. and so and it was also when it was copied it was done manually yes. so like mm-hmm. I would have a copy I'd give it to Daryl and he'd write it out by right. hand as a scribe well he might mess up mm-hmm. and he might ha- and this is where you get one of my favorite mm-hmm. things is textual criticism like this 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 um this one doesn't look like this one mm-hmm. well which one's the right, right one, one. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I don't know people get really freaked out when they look at their Bible and see this this word may mean that or other witnesses say well, yeah, this. Yeah, then you start throwing interpretation in there. But but the issue is people say, well, that means you can't trust it. It's the exact opposite. We've studied this so much. What we have, we can trust because we yeah. have got it down mm-hmm. just about right. Um, so I, I don't really hold to an inerrancy idea. I think it's a it's a, a false sense of security. Uh, that we that we grab a hold of it. It's got to be perfect. I don't think God. The Bible never promises that it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, in this, in my opinion, this goes back to this whole. I want to have my checklist of things that make me feel secure in my faith. And I may never read the Bible, but I can say I believe the Bible is inerrant, and then that makes me feel good. Exactly. Even though you don't, you don't really know what that means, exactly. or it puts issues you, at hand. What it does is it puts a dividing line and it excludes certain people um, and includes others and it, and it makes an us and a them. The the one I like to use on this one is the uh, you be good. Um, he starts grabbing at cords. Um, the one that really gets people going if they if they start pushing that too far is that I think uh, Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all disagree on a famous story where Jesus goes to the the, the man who's called Legion. Mm. Uh, th- uh, they disagree on a couple of things, but one thing is where is he from? Mm. Some some of the gospels say he's from a town called Gadara, the Gadarean demoniac. Mm-hmm. And another gospel says he's from a town called Gerasa, the Gerasenian demoniac. Uh, 
And some, well, you know, those are the same. I've heard some. Well, that's the same place. Oh, no, <laughs> those are and it two, matters. Those yeah. are two different towns. Com- we know where these towns are. They're two different places. Mm-hmm. Who's right? And they just throw people go, ah. Well, no, you're missing the point. Yeah. The guy yeah, was a so possessed yeah. by a thousand or more Don't demons. Don't miss the point. You're, yeah. you're burying the lead here. Mm-hmm. Does, it, does it really? Well, this is what happens anytime two people tell the same story. The best example is a car right. wreck, right? Mm-hmm. So if all four of us around this these tables see a car wreck, we're going to describe it different. <laughs> We've all saw the car wreck. We'll describe it different. You may say that it was mm-hmm. a, an SUV. You may say it was a truck. I go, I thought it was a sedan. And then Joni would be like, it was a Jeep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and we'll all have different views. Well, we talked the, about, yeah. The color, color yeah. who was there, who hit first. Um, we, we, we all, but the story is there was a car wreck. Mm-hmm. That happened. We all saw it. We may disagree. So to me, those things, while inerrancy is a weird thing to use to describe that, the point is they both saw something. Right. Yeah. This man it was a miracle. was yeah. a miracle. Jesus, Jesus did, did this. It. Don't get hung up on where yeah. the guy was from. Burn it, Marble Falls, I, you know, mm-hmm. Texas, Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. The issue was he was hurting and God helped him. Mm-hmm. But how many debates get out of hand because of an apologist and someone, uh, a scientist, trying to argue that point because they w- both just want to be right when they're really missing the whole point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. The other word is that we use is inspiration. The Bible is inspired. Mm-hmm. That just goes out of being breathed. God has breathed. In. I, I love the idea. So the same God who breathed into human beings' life mm-hmm. has breathed into these words, mm-hmm. a living. The, the Hebrews talks about it as living and active, mm-hmm. sharper than any two-edged sword. Um I like the the word living for that too. Mm-hmm. Just that it's, it's a living, living word. Mm-hmm. Because how many times is the scripture different for you th- today than when you read it yesterday? It's not dead. Mm-hmm. It, right. It's very a lot. Mm-hmm. I agree with that Absolutely. completely. And it will mean something today different than yesterday. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow I'll read the exact same passage and have mm-hmm. a completely different take on it. Because mm-hmm. it's living in me. I agree with that. So the God has breathed into it. The problem is we get mixed up because I mentioned Macbeth earlier. Shakespeare was inspired. You know, you may believe Coldplay is inspired. Um, our friend, our mutual friend John, I think, believes Aaron Sorkin is inspired. Uh, you know, these different concepts of what inspiration means. When we say inspiration, we say something different about about the scriptures. Uh, I, my favorite word is infallible. Mm-hmm. It does not fail mm-hmm. to do what it's mm-hmm. supposed to do, mm-hmm. which is to draw me closer to God. That's my favorite word. Although probably the best description was by Herschel Hobbes about 100,000 years ago, uh, called uh, back when Baptists were saying, he called the Bible a perfect treasure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of God's revelation. Mm-hmm. I like that. Was that treasure. the King James yeah. Version? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Baptist Faith and Message, oh, 1963, <laughs> 64. I always get the years wrong. Treasure. And treasure is used a lot. Treasure. Mm-hmm. That's been edited multiple times. <laughs> it's been changed. I still go back to the, that that one. The first one was in the twenties, and they yeah. revamped the, the, the Herschel Hobbes. It that was beautiful, beautiful. And then they kept adding things, those qualification things. This is what the Bible says, and if you don't agree with my view of the Bible, you then you're you wrong. Play with us. Yeah. Um, so those are the things. I just really encourage people to read the Bible and I'll, don't just take you know, just don't take your pastor's word for it. Search it out for yourself. Yes, unless I'm unless Jamie, because he's never wrong. So <laughs> he's infallible. <laughs> the 
no, no. <laughs> hardly, hardly. Instead of saying these aren't my words, these are God's words. Turn, you know, search this out for yourself. Right. You know. Right. I completely concur. In fact, that's that's one of the big differences I think in a strong church. Yeah. A strong church is one that encourages its folks. Go look yes. at it. Do let's let's read this together. together. I'll help you. Yeah. And let's work through it. And then you're going to appropriate meaning for you in your walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Don't. There's not a seven statements on the wall that you have to agree with before you can be one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're yes. all in. It's this. only six. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But you will get wet. Okay. So <laughs> those are the things. And I think some of the details aren't in there because, first of all, we might not be able to handle them. We might not be able you to understand can't handle them. Handle the truth. <laughs> But see earlier comment on Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> <laughs> but it just may not have been. In, it may not be. It wasn't the most important thing, you know. It wasn't like the, which town Legion was right, from. Right, mm-hmm. right. I firmly believe that's true. Uh, that we only have what we need. It doesn't mm-hmm. fail. We're not given mm-hmm. more than we need. He, yeah, he put in there exactly what he Duh. intended to put in there. Like all the genres. I mean, we talked about, um, you know, fable, myth. Maybe if you were to hammer me down and shake me, Psalms would be probably my favorite. Because there's a psalm for every, every. single emotion you yeah. might have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm working through memorizing some of those right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking the Bible was all literal. Like, this is literal. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, and one of the reasons we literal is our understanding of it. So people will pick up Psalms yeah. and want that to be one of the most interesting exercises we had here in one of our small groups. We led them through studying the Psalms, one kind of mm-hmm. not all 150, but just a few of them. It hurt them mm-hmm. because you know it's poetry, mm-hmm. and you can't understand Psalms if you don't if you're not willing to live in the poet thinks differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the best preparation you could have for reading Psalms is to read Mary Oliver, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, Annie Dillard. Um, the, this will help you mm-hmm. uh, really get to the heart of things. Mm-hmm. We probably should. Are we at like an hour and ten minutes? Hour and five, hour six, and five, hour and six. Read the Bible for crying out loud! The Bible, <laughs> and that's Go the only way off. that you really know who Jesus is as a person and as our Savior is is reading about Him. How do you know Him and confess to be a Christ follower if you know nothing about Him? You know. So yes, read your Bible. And the Old Testament, too. Don't just read the New Testament. Especially Leviticus. It's all, it's all of it. I love Leviticus. <laughs> I mean, that could be another favorite book of the Bible. I mean, that book is, um, have you read it lately? Not lately, no. <laughs> you've, got, you've got blood and guts and mildew and semen and menstruation. It's been under the water tower. Thanks for joining us today. Ca- I mean, you've got uh, beastiality. I wish I mean, you all could see his face right it, now. He's so excited. <laughs> but there's nothing not in the book of Leviticus tells us. See, see here's, oh, you can, you're trying to cut me I, off. No, I'm just Wait. The Because you brought up a sore subject with me. The book of Leviticus communicates there's nothing your body and your world is doing that God's not concerned about. Yeah. He's concerned. If you talk about the details. If you're if your mm-hmm. house has mold in it, God cares. Mm-hmm. And I care too. Yep. It's not just a uh, there's it, if you're having uh physical issues with your body, your reproductive system, your teeth. God your teeth. <laughs> God cares <laughs> about these things. <laughs> I mean, I have uh, really bad skin. The book of Leviticus talks about what size is your blotch? (laughs) (laughs) 
how big is the mole? Has it turned white? Is there hair coming out of it? These are the things. This is very practical Personal. things. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's funny. Just take another rabbit trail here for a second. Uh, you've got people who are. Uh, I may get myself in trouble again, but wanting to Number ban two. books. And some of the reasoning is because of, well, it talks about this, this, or and that in it. And they're like, well, would you ban the Bible? Oh, never. Well, the Bible's got quite a bit of graphic Shocker. stuff in it. <laughs> that chapter that says, and, this is, and again, this is important, but if you have a nocturnal emission, <laughs> bathing in water is a real good idea after. I mean, that, that's, that, that's really what it comes to. Told you we were going PG today. When it says unclean, that's what that means. You're unclean. Now, you need to go take care of that. shower. You're not a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're shamed or shunned, but we need to wash that off. You know, <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Leviticus is all about that stuff. Maybe I think that should be your Easter sermon. What, in one of my youth. <laughs> don't challenge me. Go wash that off. Go watch that Esther Leviticus. Go watch that off. It's baptism, right? It's baptism. It all goes back to <laughs> baptism. Yep. Baptism is wash away my sin. Yep. It goes back to wash the... Wash and wash away. Sing it, Daryl. No, you're doing great. <laughs> Carry on. Nothing but the blood. <laughs> Let me get some shirts made. We're not hold on, hold on. And the, the cross of Calvary. And the blood, all those blood songs we sing, and I love them. They freak my daughters out, <laughs> but I love them. They make no sense without the book of Leviticus. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. Yeah. The cross mm-hmm. makes no sense if you don't understand the book yeah. of Leviticus. And so that's where I think, I understand when people say that, but you've got to read it by shoving yourself into In it. it. And you've got to have it all. It all. It's all one book. And I think people fail to, one story. And I think people fail to realize that it's all connected. The yep. the and, and one more shot. One problem with Leviticus is you read it in King James or in a, or the NASB, mm-hmm. which I, mm-hmm. I have to admit, if I read more than a couple of sentences in in a NASB, I begin to snore. Mm-hmm. That's the most literal, but the most boring translation. Get you a rendering of the Bible that speaks to you. Mm-hmm. The, the NLT is great. Mm-hmm. I like the ESV because it has a lot of older language in it. But the NRSV is good. Um, find a translation that speaks to you, and that will really help mm-hmm. when it's readable. Yep. And good get stuff. a good study Bible. It's it's good to find that. Look at the culture. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Daryl, bring us home. All right. We've had a good one. Thanks for joining us. What's next week? Next week is humanity. And we have a special I, guest. We do. We have a special Ooh. guest joining us next week. But you'll have to wait to find out. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Unless you're listening to this like in a month from now and it'll be already. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll know. Already ready. Okay. Love you guys. Be well. Take care of your neighbor. Uh, read your Bible. Pray for us. Take a shower. See. Take a shower. Wash that off. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon.